We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday evening, 6.15 p.m. Mountain Time, and it's time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, on these Tuesday evening shows, Carl Dummler. Carl, how are things in Kansas? Is everything still intact there? You're not getting hit with world terrible flooding? What, what's what's the news? Tornadoes, lightning storms, hail? Well, what, what, what's going on? This week was a giant hailstorm. Oh my god! That uh, yeah, it the entire ground just like looked like snow because it was just white with hailstones. So yeah, e- each week you never quite know what's coming next. Fifty mile per hour winds, ice hitting, windows broken out in different places. Thankfully, we didn't have any of that. Uh, okay. We only lost the the main thing we lost was our garden. It okay. got completely wiped out. My wife wanted me to run out in the middle of the hailstorm. She's like, "Go save my peppers." And uh, I, I was a wuss and said no. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we lost the peppers, lost the garden, and uh, the family's a little sad about that. Well, the thing about gardens is they can grow back another time, but that's a big bummer. I mean, what's next? Uh, locust? Uh, our pets' heads are falling off. You know, just it's uh, <laughs> chaos out here. But uh, let's, uh, enough about us. Uh, today's been an interesting day, no doubt about that. I want to say hello to some people in here. Todd Ostendorf's in the house. Good to see you. C. Chang's in here with the uh, the angry smoke one going in here. Uh, there must have been some chat going before I saw this because this is the highest one I see. It says, for me, Lutz was the biggest failure. Uh, good to see you, Donald Willison Jr. Donald came in this morning choosing uh, MHH over HBO, so appreciate that. And I also appreciate David Knucklerath coming in with the $5 super saying, good evening, Broncos country, Nick Carl, Dylan, Scott, and Deacon Scott. Uh, he's still saying 12 and 5. Love that, David. And he's like, buck them three times. MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. Thank you so much, David. And uh, still thinking about you and your family with uh, the loss of your brother, Rick. Uh, hopefully, you know, I'm not sure what was going on with the service or anything, but I'm sure it was a uh, beautiful one. And uh, do miss it, seeing him around the time. And uh, his uh, he loved to post beautiful landscape photos, too. He wasn't using mine yet, but hopefully one day. Or uh, was hoping for that. So I'll think about him a lot. I think about him a lot. RIP Rick. Uh, Zach Powers coming in saying, Scott and Nick mentioned it on BFB this morning. But George Payton is counting down his days. This roster is rough for a GM that has had three years of opportunity. I don't know if I had said per se that he's counting down his days, but if if this team fails this season, like, let's say that's a six-win team, I know it's not Sean Payton who's out. So <laughs> what do you think about this? George Payton, is he counting down his days? I mean, the roster does look somewhat rough, but it's just been one game. I mean, let's see what it looks like six weeks in. But what do you think? Yeah, I... Like I said, small sample size so far. First game of a new coaching regime. Trying to get some, some things worked out. One of your best players, Jerry Judy, sitting out with an injury that maybe could have made a difference on some things. You know, there's a lot of things we could factor into why the Broncos lost this one. And, you know, you got a kicker who gave up four points by missed things that goes from a win or from a win to a loss there just by the kicker alone. So, yeah. George Payton, yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a good chance if this team fails, he's probably where everything falls onto. Cause like I said, Sean Payton, he's going to be here for a while. Ownership's not going anywhere. You know, they're, they're the last to ever get lost or to get thrown out. Pretty much. They have to about murder someone to get thrown out of the league at this point. Uh, and 
Russell Wilson, maybe he's the guy that gets it thrown on him and George Payton gets another year. But I still think, like Russell Wilson, we're going to have a stock up, stock down. He might be up on the stock up part where it's, it really wasn't his fault oh, why this team lost. Sorry, I know. <laughs> but, but yeah, so George Payton, when you're looking at this roster, you're looking at some areas where there's maybe not the depth that you were hoping for, some bad contracts that have gone out there. A couple of his drafts before Sean Payton got here, up and down. You know, you got some great players. Patrick Sertan looked really, really good this past week. Uh, you got Javante Williams. It's looking like he's a decent star for the team. You know, so you got a few players that look good, but the rest of them not adding as much depth as you had hoped. So, yeah, I, I do think there's there's a chance he's maybe not here after this season. And I know it's something that you and I had touched on before as well. And again, not to get ahead of ourselves too much. One game, fluky things happen. I mean, the Bengals lost, the Bills lost, the Chiefs lost, the Chargers lost, the Steelers lost. I mean, just all these AFC teams, Patriots, all these good AFC teams uh, lost this week. So I'm I'm not to, too freaking out about being on one, but we'll see. Uh, but one thing that I saw from Zach Seegers, a good follow on uh Twitter for covering the Broncos and stuff, but uh, something that I think you and I had talked about as well on a previous episode of building the Broncos four undrafted free agents, making the team. Is that a sign of the quality of finding undrafted free agents? Or is it kind of like previous years where some guys made the team and it's like, Oh, it's because you don't really have talent on the roster or, and, or you're decimated by injuries too early to say without a doubt, we'll find out about these UDFAs. But a lot of times if undrafted guys are filling out a lot of the roster, it speaks to issues in the depth. So we'll see. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And I, I mean, you look at those undrafted guys, they really didn't do a whole lot in this last game. Laughlin inactive. Yeah, right. No, I, I get that. But I mean, that's yeah. part of the sign that, yeah. you know, I'm glad they made the team, but obviously they're not good enough to be in the games yet. And you got yeah. McLaughlin yes. who did play. He didn't do anything explosive like we saw in the preseason. So you're starting to kind of go, was that because he was going against second and third stringers that he was able to do some of those things? And again, it's very small sample size. And so I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself by any means. So yeah. don't, don't take that as me saying that he's a bust and he won't be anything in the league. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it just, as we gather more and more information, we'll be able to tell whether this was lack of talent on the team or these guys just happen to be very special in one year. Yeah. We'll find out. Uh, sample size will get bigger and, the sample size of the drives will also get bigger. We won't see another six possession game. I can, I'd almost bet the house on that. Troy Bauer coming in saying 19 with 1999 saying, Hey guys, the rhythm is there for the offense. So it will improve, especially when Judy is back. If we get pass rush and PJ back on defense, I feel good, but we shall see. Yeah. PJ lock being back will help the defensive depth chart. No doubt. I'm curious to see what happens with uh, Quan Williams, Riley Moss. What does that mean for a saying Bassey's role on this team? Maybe he's, your third safety depth. I mean, they tried it in preseason and he looked pretty good deep. I thought mm-hmm. I've been in a saying Bassey, you know, doubter. Um, you know, I'll wear that and he has limitations, but he's holding uh, Hunter Renfro to zero catches this last week. Uh, some of that scheme, but still, I will see what happens there. I don't feel great about the defense and some of the questions on the offense and the weapons, but there's definitely room to improve. And without a doubt, I think the offense looked better than it at any point last season. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, I think they had, what was it, the third best lack of three and outs, where last Mm -hmm. year that was a huge issue. I mean, they could never get any kind of rhythm going. I think only one drive did they not get a first down within the drive. And, you know, like I said, Russell Wilson, he looked calm. He looked like he knew what he was doing with the football, knew where he was going with it. Run game was a little bit up and down. And, And we'll talk about that as we get further into the show. Pass blocking, it wasn't horrible, I would say. Other I mean, than the, one there, drive. There was the, yeah, okay. Yeah, the one drive was really, really bad where they got into, what, like fourth and 50, it seemed like. Crosby but, just went into superhero mode, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so other than that one drive, I felt like they did a decent job of protecting. And without Jerry Judy, Players did decent. I mean, Brandon Johnson had himself a pretty decent game for his first time really stepping on the field in that way. Uh, Greg Dulcich looked okay before he got hurt. I'm trying to think who else. Um, I guess I would say Cortland Sutton. About what I expected from him for for a first game back. And then Marvin Mims. 
I don't know, left me a little bit more to desire. I was hoping for just a bit more from the rookie, but maybe I'm just maybe I'm just too excited about him, and I keep forgetting that he's a rookie. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football, and when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We'll see uh, how it'll play out and... Definitely, I think the weapons left me wanting more. Uh, I think this was more of somebody needs to go out there and make a play. Uh, and yep. just we were close a lot of times, but not quite there. And William comes in and has to say, uh, Judy and Dulcich being out was uh, really was why we weren't throwing down the field. Judy and Dulcich know how to get open a lot and get Yak, Sutton, and the rest of the guys get the ball, usually for eight to something, eight to some yards. I think if you get the ball to Sutton in space and quick hitters, he has shown in the past the ability to have some yak. I mean, at SMU, he was really good in yards after catch. Now, that was a while ago and before an injury, but I think he can be that. Some of it is the weaponry, but while stock up, again, spoilers, Russell Wilson, an area where he struggles is the placement in the quick game. And if you went back and, you know, chopped up and just watched in succession, all of the quick passes from Russell Wilson and then paired, compared them to Jimmy Garoppolo, the place where Russell Wilson puts the ball for the receivers does not give them nearly the chance for yak and being explosive after the catch as Garoppolo, which I think that's Garoppolo's best attribute is the ability to throw a ball where guys can create immediately after. I mean, that's why he was so good in San Francisco. Uh, so the yak opportunities, it it's not just the pass catchers. It's the quarterback. It's also the offensive lineman not being super mobile, uh, but that's another discussion. Yeah. I mean, so you did a stock up. I'll do a stock down. One of the few plays the Broncos had a really good chance for some yards after catch, Philip Dorsett. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we're, I think this was my biggest problem in some of this game was some of the football 101 stuff for the Broncos was missed. And with Philip Dorsett, like just knowing where you're on the field, 
Mm-hmm. Like th- th- there's nobody within 10, 15 yards of you. You don't need to be that close to the sideline. And yet here you are breaking up maybe the biggest play the, the, of the game for the Broncos probably should have been a touchdown, mm-hmm. you know, and, and really that's one of those plays where it's make or break of win or lose. You know, I know we got all after the chiefs for uh, Tony dropping so many different passes, but that, that's kind of that same kind of play where it's, you can't do that in an NFL game. I know it happens every once in a while, but you just got to know where you are on the field. You know, it's Samaj P. Ryan with this third and one run. Like, just run straight forward. That's what you are. You are a power back. Know mm-hmm. who you are. Know the situation. Know you need to just go pick up this first down. And instead, he tried to get it outside to get a big play and, you know, almost led to where the team, I mean, thankfully got it on fourth down. No big deal. I mean, kind of made up for it, but it's still just th- those kind of little things. Those little details are why this team is 0-1 instead of 1-0. Yeah. Game of margins. And unfortunately, that's uh, where the Broncos are at right now and maybe changes expectations a little bit, but it's still 0-1. And we'll see what happens next week uh, as well. We got Michael Ronquillo coming in saying good evening, Nick and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much, Michael. We always really, really appreciate you coming in and supporting us. Also, we got Casey Nickel coming in with the uh, Divine Break logo there and 499 Super saying, let's send Denver the first round pick that would have went to the Packers and a third for Wilson, who says no. So he's talking about the Jets, um, sending the Jets Wilson. It's not happening, uh, but uh, it's fun to talk about. Uh, Who knows? If Wilson really struggles this year, maybe then we'll have a a potential trade of him this season where the Broncos eat some of the cap. I don't know what's going to happen. Anything could happen. I think it's most likely he's your quarterback again next year. But uh, yeah, I mean, if the Jets want to give us that second, it's going to be a second round pick because Rodgers has to play 60% of the snaps uh, for Wilson and eat the contract. Then God bless him. Um, that would be really weird for that week five game uh, when the Jets are coming back to Denver. But uh, heck, uh, Broncos need some picks. Yeah. I mean, we did hear how much, Sean Payton loved Jarrett Stidham all off all off season. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and if they're offering a first round pick, maybe they're kind of looking towards that future, but we got Phil coming in with some stars saying good evening, Nick, Carl, and Deacon Scott. I read, we tried out three wide receivers and two tight ends today. Are any of them worthy? Hashtag Buckham hashtag MHH for life. I'm going to be honest. With- <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I was going to say short answer is no. <laughs> If they're still on the, the waiver wire, th- there's not much that you can really be looking towards. Uh, so the players that he's talking about are Kevin Austin, Jalen Camp, Thyric Pitts for the wide receivers, and then the tight ends are Noah Tagai and Jake Tongues. Carl, we watch a lot of football, not just NFL, but a lot of college football. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know any of those names uh, off the top of the head. So they bring him in. It feels like it's more of a practice squad kind of rotation guy coming in there. Uh, but somebody that maybe you can elevate as well, or somebody just to get your bodies in there for practice. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I don't think any of these guys are needle movers, uh, especially at this point, your roster is the core of your roster is pretty much set. Unless you make a big move, like a trade, uh, these kind of guys typically don't do much, if anything out there, maybe there'll be a play here or there. Uh, but Wide receiver tight end, especially, you know, you're talking more of your Pac-Man Joneses at the end of the year. It's kind of kind of moves. Um, yep. So we'll see, though. I mean, any, again, it's football. Crazy things happen. Uh, Chris Chance is coming in five dollars saying both teams were fun to watch. Let's keep positive mind. Only lost by one point. Excited to see what the rest of the season. Hashtag best in the business. It is just one loss. We're still going to analyze it and, uh, you know, overreact, underreact to all of between. But um, yeah, a lot of season go just hurt, stinks because it was very much a winnable game. And the Broncos lost because of lack of execution in some areas. I mean, they were very penalized, although Sean Payton uh, had some penalized teams and they talked about discipline, but he had some pretty uh, penalized teams out there in New Orleans and special teams against just areas that are very frustrating. And again, the one thing that is so odd is that you look at the score 17 to 16. Oh, here we go again. Same thing as last year, but last year the Broncos had, I think the most drives in the NFL and they were still one of the worst scoring teams. So that just shows like, absolute terrible efficiency. They're actually pretty efficient uh, in this game. So only 16, but touch the ball six times. They haven't had a game with only six drives, offensive drives since 2000. I think there wasn't a single game in the NFL last year that only had a team with six drives. So very much an anomaly. I'm expecting better things from the offense uh, going forward. And that's positive because it didn't feel 
excruciating to watch the entire time from the offensive side. Right. Defense. <clears throat> We're staying positive. Come on. Uh, sorry. Patrick I know. Sertan. I know. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Patrick Sertan. Good player. Yeah. Linebackers look good. Yes. I'll give that, that to them. Um, we'll, we'll get into some stock down here in just a little bit, but yeah, no, you're right. I, I think that was some of the most efficiency we've seen from the offense in a long time. It didn't feel like there was really any panic at any point. Like even they'd have a penalty last year. If there was a penalty, you're like, ah, we're done. Drive's done. It's first and 15. Might as well just punt it right now. Yep. Where this time, oh, we got a penalty. Okay. We're still going to go get that first down. We're still going to go make a play. Somebody's going to get open. Like wide receivers were actually wide open on a lot of plays. Mm-hmm. Easy throws, easy completions, you know, keep that ball churning. It just, it was really nice to see that happen for an offense that we haven't seen that, like you said, for six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Rivera coming in over on Facebook with the support. Thank you so much, Lawrence. He says a combination of George Payton, salary whiffs and Sean Payton being cocky without winning are starting to show bad is all I'm going to say. I mean, Sean has won a lot of games. He hasn't won in Denver yet, but I don't know if it's cocky. I'd be, you know, confident like he is too. But yeah, Peyton, he had that really good draft in 2011, but since then it's been up and down. And some of it is you just haven't had the capital to really make the moves as much, especially, but you're making, you're, you don't have capital because you traded for Wilson, you traded for Peyton. So I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a tough situation. You have to hit with the players you have. And I mean, you can just look back at that. I mean, who made an impact from that, 2022 draft class, right? Uh, you had your first pick was Nick Benito. Good offseason, but I don't to be honest with you. I did not, I can't even think of a single play with him out there. Uh, there's especially the pass rush, but I can't think of him uh, off the off time. I had. Is there one I'm missing here? There, there was one play I thought he did decent. I mean, he got kind of pushed out of the play, mm-hmm. but he, he turned the run play back inside. Like, even though he kind of got blocked out of it, he did his job. Mm-hmm. So you could argue, you know, maybe he didn't hold his spot as best, as best as you would like. But if he gets the runner to turn inside, I feel pretty good about that rep for him. And I, and I wanted to t- ask you this question. It looked like a lot of what they were doing just pass rush wise was a lot of kind of gap filling in, make sure to collapse the pocket around Jimmy G and, you know, force him where he can't get outside of the pocket, which to me, I'm going, it's Jimmy G. Like that's where he lives is in the pocket. He's not an athlete. He's not going to get out there and run a whole lot of all the quarterbacks. Why in the world would you play that kind of, of system? I would assume that there are more run centric blitzes where you're kind of two birds with one stone and you're trying to fill those gaps against the run. I mean, there's a reason that Jacobs and the run game for the Raiders were terrible. And I think the Broncos being aggressive in that kind of way, maybe to the point of overcommitting to it, uh, which is weird to say, but uh, that's another thing. Also, if you're blitzing that much, it's kind of weird to be, you see that aggressive blitzing with paired with the soft coverage as well. And that was one thing with Demari Mathis that I thought was odd. And that's circling back to 2012, 2022 class, right? Uh, Greg Dulcich injured again, hamstring for the third time, same hamstring. Uh, Wazirike, obviously the off field stuff. He's gone. Demari Mathis. I mean, we like the pick when it happened for a fourth round pick, but he looked pretty darn bad. And then after that, I mean, not a good class. So you don't get any positive contributions from that 2022 class and nobody from 2023 as well. I mean, the Montreal, Washington, I mean, excuse me, uh, Mims. I mean, you talk about two classes there with not somebody out there that who made a big, big contribution on that roster. So, I mean, here you are with some of those issues. We'll see it's early. A lot of those guys will hopefully improve. And uh, especially that rookie class Colby C Collier coming in and says, if we're going to win 10 games or over, we were supposed to win the close ones, especially at home, especially against a team that is, on paper, not very talented and talk about like the, the discombobulation of the Raiders too, with the Chandler Jones stuff. And then they come in and play pretty well, especially on offense. Uh, that's yeah. You're supposed to win those games. You're going to be a 10 win team. What did Vegas have the Broncos at eight and a half? That seems probably, probably about right. Vegas is probably going to hit it. Um, but uh, that's a, uh, yeah. yeah, that's, this is a game that you, if you're going where the fan base thinks they should go and where you want to go, you win this Raiders game. I, I don't know if they're there yet. A lot of season to go, but I don't know if they're going to get there either. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, you're going to have to steal one later on that you're not supposed to win to make up for this. Because, yeah, yeah, you're right. This is supposed to be one that you're supposed to win. So let's say you got your next three games. One, you got to beat Washington this week. That, that's a that's pretty much a must win. They're a bad team at home. You got to win that one. Let's say you steal one against Miami. That, that would be one where I'd go, okay, right there. We've made up for the Raiders game that we should have won. Yeah. Because to me... Going down to Miami in September, you don't usually win that kind of game. You know, Chiefs, one of those Chiefs games, stealing one of those for you. That makes up for this loss. So that's kind of where you're looking when you're looking down the schedule. Uh, and and maybe, like I said, as this team gets better, the defense gets maybe some things figured out, working under Vance Joseph. You know, offense continues to build on everything. Jerry Judy gets back, maybe get some explosive plays going, you know, all those kind of things. And, and maybe you – start catching a little bit of fire, get a little momentum going, but you're right. This was a tough one to lose this right off the bat. You're at home against a bad team. You need to win those. Yeah. It's a, we'll see if they're a bad team. And also I saw a comment, you guys, we're not writing off the 2023 rookie class yet, but you're hoping to have some contributions. I mean, Mims, that was a golden opportunity in this one. He was out there for a good amount of snaps and didn't see him. So, I mean, it's again, the first sentence has been written on their career in that draft class, let alone, you know, the first chapter. So uh, we have a lot of, a lot of time to go, but didn't see them much this week. Keeping tabs on it. Rod O'Gibbo coming in over on Facebook says, do you guys know of any plans or players that will help increase our pass rush and defensive line? I think that the guys that you have in house are probably the ones that you're going to, you know, ride with. And you hope that you see better from them next week. Fortunately, you're not going to have as many quarterbacks that are as, you know, catch it and then throw it as Jimmy Garoppolo uh, protecting himself in that quick pass game. I think Sam Howell is probably going to be a little bit more aggressive slash reckless. So you're going to have an opportunity here to get after the quarterback uh, against Washington. As far as increasing the pass rush, maybe if it's so dire, they'll try to figure out ways to work in Drew Sanders more. Maybe they'll live with the edge setting questions slash size limitations of Nick Benito and to just to get more pass rush prowess out there. And maybe Baron Browning comes back in as a con- contributor. I, I don't know at this point with his, his injuries, but I don't know if there's anything that is on the horizon other than hoping the guys that you already have uh, in-house really stepping up and playing better. Yeah, you're right. Other than a trade, it's hard to see. There, there's nobody really coming off the street that's coming in. You're going, all right, yeah, this guy, he's going to be a great contributor for our team. Yeah. Again, there, there's a reason that they're on the street. It just, you don't leave a lot of talent out there unless they are just demanding ridiculous contracts that just make them say, you know what? I'm willing to sit out until I get the contract that I want. I'll wait for some injuries, you know, those kind of things. So um, you're you're just kind of hoping, like I said, maybe some better defensive scheme calling some guys taking a step up, looking at this past game going, you know what? I sucked. I got to do something a little bit better. You know, Drew Sanders, like I said, he didn't have a single defensive snap this last week. And Sean Payton talked about it and said, you know, we trust him. We just got to get some packages out there for him. And so maybe that's why after you look back at this film and you say, okay, this is the guy we got to get him back in there. He's a guy that can get after the quarterback for us. They'll have to switch it up. And I think you have better chances uh, going forward against other opponents. Patrick Wiltsey says, Aloha, gent, still optimistic for the year. Raiders still suck. Mahalo. I'll catch up on Broncos for breakfast uh, tonight. Good to see you, Patrick. Always appreciate you. David's in the house, too. Good evening to you. Michael Williams in the house. Tyler Brooks says, will this team improve or worsen? I'm here in Knoxville, Iowa, but not a Hawkeyes fan. Oh, rude. Sorry, Nick. That's okay. Not everyone can be perfect. And uh, I think the team will improve. Week one, you still have a lot of way to go. The big thing that makes me you know, bite my tongue on that one is, like, can they freaking stay healthy? Because, like, it's it's unbelievable at this point. Somebody just bury the voodoo doll. Like, we, we've had enough. You know, stop. Like, it's we're good. Uh, but... 
I would say improve overall. And I think you should be optimistic. I think it'll look a lot better too when you have more than six possessions. I think fans will be excited to see some offense, offensive competency. And I think the explosives will come. Sean Payton will have some ideas of what the team needs to do to get teams out of those super conservative umbrella coverages to uh, make them pay. Hopefully. Yeah. Now I'm with you. And we got Phil coming back in says, where was the edge rush? When is Browning back? Is VJ not scheming to take advantage of our best players? So Baron Browning at least has to sit out four weeks since he's on short-term IR. So week five against the Jets would be the earliest he can come back. I can't tell you if for sure that's when he's going to come back. You know, like I said, it's the earliest he can come back. A lot of times it takes a couple weeks for the players to get back into things. So usually they'll... They'll take him off, give him a couple weeks of just practicing, and then mm-hmm. kind of get him into the lineup. So um, yeah. we'll, we'll see on that. And then, again, how much can he really bring as a difference maker when he's been sitting out this long? VJ with his scheme, <clears throat> man, that's a good question. I was not impressed this first week. Yeah. You know, again, they, they sold out to stop the run, and they, for the most part, controlled Josh Jacobs. And But then playing those soft coverages on the back end, made for some really easy completions. That's exactly what Jimmy G wants him to do. You know, that allows him to get the ball out of his hand early, let it get into the playmaker's hands. So it was a little frustrating to see that side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But then again, there's a lot of players missing tackles that allowed for a lot of extra yards to to happen. Um, Some guys getting late to the ball, you know, Justin Simmons, this was not a good game for him. No, for him being recognized as maybe the best safety in football. There was a lot of plays he was late getting to the spot. Or just bad you tackle know? technique. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of things. There's a lot of blame to go around of why the defense struggled week one. And VJ's part of that for sure. I, I would say I'd lay probably 40, 50% of the blame at his feet just because he's a coach. He's got to do better. But then the rest of it on some players, you know, Kareem Jackson, you got to know you can't do that kind of hit. When your team needs to stop, you've got to stop, and then you go and do something like that. It's just a selfish play. It's just it's it's just stupid. Um, and there, there's just a lot of that. There's a lot of really stupid plays. Uh, Damari Mathis, some of his grabbing. You know, he, he didn't need to. It was going to be an overthrow, and he just grabs a receiver and pulls him down. You know, th- those kind of things. I understand you panic. You're a young player, but those little details, those little things are the, the make or break of a winner loss. Yep. Yep. Well, we'll see. We'll get another chance at the Raiders. Luckily, uh, we got Todd coming in here says good teams are built through the draft. When we trade away draft picks for mediocre players. Well, luckily the Broncos seem to have, uh, won on the other end from that Chubb trade, uh, at this point. So, um, maybe we'll, <laughs> we can at least think positive about that. Uh, Greg Smith in the house. Good to see you. Always love loves hearing from Greg. Zach Powers comes in and talks about uh, the Jets. Defensive line was incredible last night. Would love to have one of their eight on our team. Jets will be a very tough team week five, regardless of the quarterback. We lost to Zach Wilson last year. Yeah, I'm not counting my chickens before they hatch. And that one, it became more winnable, without a doubt. But that Jets, they could have the best defense in football uh, this year. Their front is unbelievable. I mean, Carl, you probably remember, I was just like falling over myself talking about Quinn and Williams and Jeffrey Simmons in that uh, interior defensive line draft class in 2019 love Quinn Williams unbelievable player uh we'll see what happens Roger coming in and say no no we suck again gotta love the water boy quotes a lot of season to go oh, no. um <laughs> saw a comment in here um oh we got Pearl Heater good to see you Pearl Heater appreciate you GGG's 199 says people are underestimating how big Jerry Judy's impact will be I think that Jerry Judy's impact will be very big and if he can stay healthy <laughs> but not having another weapon out there Broncos need to figure out a way to create explosives if teams are going to use umbrella coverage. Some of that is going to be through the run game. While the Broncos ran efficiently, it wasn't explosive. Need to figure that out, get some guys in space. They're a few blocks away from some explosive runs. Uh, But also, guys, if they're wide open underneath, somebody needs to make a man miss. You're paying guys to be playmakers. Somebody go out there and make a bleep and play. Uh, Adam Troutman, God bless you. You know, running like Frankenstein after he has the ball, tackled him down. You lost Dulcich. Yeah, you Cortland Sutton. I'd love to see it more involved. But Jerry Judy, I think could be a huge impact in the the yak ability as long as the quarterback can put it in a good spot where you can do stuff after the catch because Judy's not always the best in the uh, catching and contested areas. But I digress. Uh, <laughs> Judy's impact will be huge, and hopefully we'll have him back soon. 
I don't know if we're going to see him back for Washington, but we'll see. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah, I mean, it was good he practiced last week. So that's a good first step. Uh, I think the Broncos, it'll just kind of depend. Can he go from, you know, being a part-time participant in practice to a full-time you know, that, that's going to be that next big step for him this week. And uh, you're right, GGG, his impact, I think it really was felt in this last game. Like I said, no explosive plays. You know, maybe he's the one that's running that Philip Dorsett route where mm-hmm. instead of stepping out of bounds, he's taking it for a touchdown. Yeah. You know, when you're moving everybody else down one spot on the depth chart and you're probably building that explosive play towards Jerry Judy. So I'm guessing Philip Dorsett, that would have been a Jerry Judy route. And it, it is sad to see that guy missing Tim Patrick, another one, you know, it just to see that offense get decimated as it has this early in the season. Now, some of these guys are going to come back like Jerry Judy, Greg Dulcich. And so you're going to hope that they can, can be what you hope they are or what you've built in your head. They're going to be this year. Ah, <sighs> You can only hope, but a lot of season to go. You know, we talk about, you know, George Payton potentially on the hot seat. Uh, what's going to happen there. I mean, season could completely turn around. There's so much left to be written. Uh, we can only go off of what we have seen so far, but again, a lot to go. Colby C. Collier says, I'm still mad. That's that's okay. Yeah, that You can be mad. I'm mad too. Uh, says, you know what could make me optimistic and all roses even if we don't make the playoffs? Sweep the Chiefs. So yeah, sweep the Chiefs would make that loss to the Raiders at home a little bit more bearable, but yeah, it's still, I hate the Raiders more than I hate the Chiefs. So uh, it would be nice to end that streak though um, for, for damn sure. And, we got a what Broncos play the chiefs week six and eight. So we got uh, four more games to work it out there. Cause seven is the Packers game. So uh, that's uh we'll see. I'd definitely be excited about that and uh, be fun, but uh, talking about excited, I do want to get into our, one of my favorite segments we do every week, Carl is a stock report. And for me, stock up here for this team, I'm going to take the easy one right now. And I know I've, we've definitely been critical of him, but I think Russell Wilson, big time stock up in this game. Now there are a few plays here and there where uh, he struggled with uh, ball placement with the just timing and placing, uh, getting the ball at the right time, but he protected the football. Uh, He had some, I thought vintage rust moments. Those touchdowns were both beautiful uh, in my opinion, and probably as good as we've seen Russ. So for me, stock up on Russ. I don't know if he's ever going to be, you know, the obvious hall of fame quarterback that he was at Seattle, but he looked like a top 10, top eight quarterback for me in this game. And if you have that from him, uh, you should win a good amount of football games. He was not the problem this week. Yeah. He was, he was helping the team win, not a detriment. Like we saw many times last year. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. Um, like I said, he, he looked comfortable. He looked like he actually knew it, where the football was going to be going on most plays. You know, there wasn't any panic in the pocket. Like we saw last year where it just like his head was just going back yeah. and forth. It seemed like, Cause he had no clue what was going on. And, you know, second he felt any kind of pressure, he was just, just looked like a madman out there. This game yeah. didn't happen. 
Um, the only thing I'd say, maybe a little bit more, like I said, a few more of the explosive plays, a little bit of ball placement, and then they didn't use his run threat in this one. Mm-hmm. Now, he didn't always have to. You know, he relied on his arm, which is great. But I, I just I wish this game maybe just a couple more runs, even a design run, just makes teams have to really respect that he's going going to do that for him. And I'll disagree a little bit on one point. Uh, I do want more explosive plays too. But if the opposing team is playing so conservative every time, I almost commend Wilson for not getting impatient and forcing the ball. I mean, never once in this game did it feel like other than the what was it, the strip sack that he had that was called back as a penalty, but uh, never once did he throw the ball in harm's way because yeah. I think the Raiders were playing uber, uber conservative. Now, you still got to figure out a way to make explosives out there, and they're going to go back to the drawing board this week without a doubt, in my opinion, to uh, to work on that one. But I think that I actually appreciated his taking what the defense gave him. Uh, just at some point, you need to uh, somebody needs to step up and make a play. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give my first stock up for you here, and I'll go with Garrett Bowles. Okay, that was another one. Yep. Yeah. Great. Great game. You know, I I, I think we we're kind of harping the entire offseason that this is a guy that probably playing his last season with the Denver Broncos. You know, he's not lived up to his contract that he got after his one great season, but he only gave up one hurry the entire game. Looked decent in the run game. Looked like a player that knew what he was doing out there. And, you know, as much as, again, like I get after his contract, this was one of those games he actually kind of lived up to that contract, being Mm -hmm. a a true left tackle, doing well for Russell Wilson, and allowing them then to be able to help Mike McGlinchey, you know, on the other side. After that one really bad drive, you pretty much saw that there was a double team on that side to to help out every chance that they got. So, um, you know, good on him to, to bounce back that way after all the, pretty much a lot of negative talk. You know, there's some people talking about how he'd get cut this off season. Um, you know, during preseason, he looked terrible in a few plays. So for him to go out there and have that kind of consistent game, win most of his matchups, just very much stock up for me. Yeah. Uh, he was the other obvious one here. I just wanted to, uh, you know, we need, we're critical of Russell Wilson considering what they traded for him. So when he does well, we need to be fair. And uh, mm-hmm. he, I thought he had a good game. A lot of people are still coming for him. I was like, I mean, I don't, if your bar is Patrick Mahomes or what Trevor Lawrence was this week, then he did not have an amazing game, but it was good. It was a B plus game from Russell Wilson, which we maybe had one B plus game. If that last season, so if we get that the rest yeah. of the season, sign me the hell up. Uh, but Garrett Bowles as well. You're right. We talked about him a lot. He was terrible in that Arizona preseason game. He was silent out there in this game. I don't think there were any penalties. Uh, the pass protection was good. He was, I mean, very, very good game from Garrett Bowles. Uh, maybe his play was amplified by Mike McGlinchey struggling on the other side. I saw that Scott posted in our, our chat to McGlinchey's PFF grade with a 55.2 overall. Max Crosby definitely gave him a hard time in this game, but hopefully it'll be better this week against Chase Young and a very talented uh, red, uh, ooh, almost, uh, Washington Commanders uh, <laughs> front seven, but we'll see. But uh, yeah, Garrett Bowles, shout out to him again. We're critical of him when he's poor, but if he plays well, then yeah, praise him. We want to praise these guys. Uh, we don't want to be, you know, haters all the time. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, stock down time. Time to be a hater. We already talked about it a little bit. We don't have to spend too much time on it. But like Demari Mathis, woof. What a horrible game for him. Uh, just looked completely out of out of sorts. Jacoby Myers had him in hell in this game many times. Gave up two touchdowns. I think uh, eight receptions for over 100 yards. I'm going off the top of my head on that one. But uh, yeah, it is a it was an ugly, ugly game from Demari Mathis. We talked a lot about, I think, even Greg uh, Rosenthal at NFL Network said the Broncos, the only thing great about the roster is the secondary. Well, your secondary is typically only as good as your weakest guy, and Mathis looked dreadfully weak out there this one. So stock down. He was major stock down his first game last year against the Chargers. Bounced back, played a lot better. Hopefully he'll play better um, in this one, but he was just bad. He was so bad to the point where it's like, I understand people piling on Vance Joseph, but like, what are you supposed to do if your cornerback's yeah. just getting cooked left and right? I mean, you stopped Jacobs, you stopped Josh Jacobs, you slowed down Devontae Adams, uh, you you took the ball away. Your cornerback's getting roasted and you can't get home with your guys. I I don't know what to do. Yeah. 
Yeah, there, there's only so much you can do. And it was eight catches for 95 yards, two touchdowns. God, terrible. Allowed a hundred over 150 quarterback rating just against him. So I mean, auxiliary wise, without even playing, stock up Riley Moss. But uh, <laughs> as I say, with my <laughs> Iowa shirt on. But uh, yeah, there you no, go. There math you go. is for sure stock down, and I stock down always sucks. But like it was, it was bad. Yeah, I, I'll go. I'll go Frank Clark. Okay. You know, we, we, you just talked about it. There was no pass rush in this one. And so got zero pressures, had that one really bad penalty. You know, it's third and three. Maybe you can get yourself off the field and you got him pinned back. They're pretty good. Jumps off sides. Wasn't even close. It wasn't like a little jump. It was boom. He's in the backfield. There, there's no denying what happened there. And like I said, just to have such a negative play and then have very little positive on the other side of it, you know, he had two tackles for the game. And so here's a guy that a lot of people thought would be starting the season. And, you know, then he loses his starting position. Um, you know, he kind of had a few, I would say, not great interviews. Like when they're asking him about, hey, you know, have you ever played in the fourth quarter of a preseason game? And he's like, I don't want to talk about this. And, you, you know, just about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting really frustrated about it all. And, and so, I just I, I don't want to see him become a distraction for this team because, you know, he's been used to being a starter his entire career. And some guys don't take that demotion down very well. And, you know, I'm guessing a little bit of it was I got to go make a play. I got to prove that I should be the starter of this team. And and I get that. That's great. But you can't do it to the detriment of the team. Hmm. Yeah, he he was OK out there. I'm curious to see what it looked like more. I honestly thought we'd see more Benito out there given his uh prowess but i guess they just game package wise they were so hell-bent on stopping the run that they decided that going with frank clark was a better call on that one and we'll see what it looks like this week but i definitely am biased towards playing the younger players and see if they can sink or swim so uh, maybe we'll see a little bit more benito going forward i mean pick 64 overall last year gotta figure out what's going on there with him phil mclaughlin says guys what was the run pass ratio why don't we try at least one run attempt in the first down on the eight yard line. Couldn't tell you why they didn't try at least one uh, rush attempt. I guess uh, they wanted to have more options out there in the past. If you're talking about a goal line opportunity when they uh, didn't end up scoring kick and field goal run pass ratio. Uh, I don't have that off the top of my head, but it felt pretty even. I would guess probably about 55% to 45% uh, pass to run. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I can look that up while Carl answers. Unless he already knows. Well, it, it was 34 pass attempts to 22 rush attempts. So about mental math there, about 60, 40, close to that, which is maybe should have ran it a little bit more uh, than, than they did, but they, they were, they were, they were efficient offense. Uh, I, I can't really complain too much. They needed more explosives, but it didn't happen. I thought at least they were efficient. Yeah. No, like, like I said, it, I really don't have a whole lot of negative to say about the offense. Like I said, just a few plays, things didn't quite work out. Penalties killed cup that one drive for sure. You know, then you got the missed field goal, the missed extra point, you know, th those kind of things, taking points off the board. I, I don't discredit the offense for that. The offense did their job. They got you in scoring position and then your kicker messes it up. You know, if we're talking stock down way down, Will Lutz has to be that guy. You know, you, you trade a seventh round pick for this guy you know, Mar was actually looking pretty good. Those last two preseason games was, wasn't enough. You go and get this guy because he's he's your guy that doesn't miss those extra points. And then he misses an extra point. <laughs> so th those kind of things, it just drives me crazy to see that of a, a kicker. I, I wouldn't say he's the, I mean, he's not the only reason that he cost you the game, but he was a, definitely a big part of why the Broncos lost this one. Yeah, and you know, post-game interview looked like he was taking it pretty hard. But I mean, you know, you're a kicker in the league. You're out there. I don't. I don't feel too bad for you. You gotta. You gotta either deliver or you're gonna be out of a job. I mean, that's just that's true for anybody. But you're playing a game, doing a lot of stress, but a lot of chance to make some money too. So, um, gotta be better out there. And I think he will be better uh, going forward. Now, was it better to the point where you should have given up a draft pick, even though it's small? But I mean, you made you kept four UDFA, so obviously those late picks matter to you to your GM. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with Will Lutz going forward. I wanted to give you a chance, so we just did back to back negatives, Carl. I didn't want that. Uh, we typically do three positives and two negatives. 
Uh, so I'm going to give you a chance since I took it first. Give me your next stock up guy. I'll go another offensive lineman. I'll go Quinn Miners. Okay. I, I thought he was another one. Did very well both in the pass and the run. Uh, I don't think he – I'm trying to remember. I don't think he actually gave up a single pressure in this game, if I'm remembering right. Um, I'll, I'll look it up here just real quick. But, yeah, he didn't give up a single pressure on 36 or 42 pass block attempts. And, uh, like I said, looked good in the run. You know, he, he's always going to look good in the run. I mean, he's, he's a mauler. He's going to move – move earth <laughs> mm-hmm. there, there's one really nice pull play um made the block springed him for i think it was like a seven or eight yard run something like that um so when i watch that i'm going hey this is that young guy one of those nice draft picks that's actually really playing well for you if he can stay healthy that's another thing for him he's one of those players if he can stay healthy i think he can be a, a really plus player for you moving forward yeah that's a good call uh He's probably your best offensive lineman out there. And it was good to see him out there, even despite the two guys next to him on the offensive line struggling. I mean, a lot of times you have like an anchor effect when somebody's struggling next to you. I've seen it for years in the Broncos offensive line, but Cushionberry, a few plays. He's still better than he was last year, but a few plays is like, ah, not great. And then McGlinchey, hopefully he gets better considering what they're paying him, that he's a vet. And Max Crosby is probably one of the five best edge rushers in football. Uh, but yeah, good shout out by Quinn Miners. Stock up for me on this one. I'm just hitting all the the classics here on this one. It's just easy. This is week one. I'm hitting it on the fairway. I'm not even a golfer, but I'm just aiming for it. Stock up Patrick Sertan. God damn, that guy is unbelievable. Sorry, I know you're a pastor. Forgive me, Carl. Uh, but uh, <laughs> what a game from Sertan. Uh, my biggest regret in hindsight from Vance Joseph, my biggest criticism for him is that he should have just, you know, islanded, uh, wherever, whatever side Adams was on and you have to work in some zone too, but uh, much more isolating man to man with Sertan on Adams and then just bracketing whoever Mathis was on the other side. Now we might see that going forward considering how bad Mathis was, if he's not replaced, but Sertan was unbelievable. What was it? Three pass breakups. Some of those were just like the reach, the athleticism displayed uh, the physicality. I mean, he was Really unbelievable. He was better than last season, and he was already the best cornerback in football last season. So took another step forward. Uh, I'm hoping that the Broncos can figure it out here to maximize what they have with Patrick Sertan right now. It kind of feels like a situation with like Vaughn at the end where it's like, guys, we have greatness right here. Mm-hmm. A, appreciate it right now. B, it kind of feels like we're wasting it. Um, and Sertan was just unbelievable. Uh, so shout out to Patrick Sertan. Uh, unbelievable young talent uh, again i'm hitting on the fairway here easy to see but like his stock was here and i'm ready to like through the roof man like st- stonks or whatever the heck they say or to yeah. the moon um unbelievable game for sertan special player uh no doubt superstar in my mind and just just a special really do appreciate him right now on his rookie contract as cornerbacks they're not running backs but they're peak they can fall off pretty quickly when it comes and he's in his prime right now god he was unbelievable yeah you know, I mean, it. you were talking about not maximizing a person, Champ Bailey. Yeah. I mean, you think about all the years that you had him as maybe one of the top three cornerbacks to ever play the game. And, you know, the Demari Mathis getting picked on just reminded me of all the times and all the different cornerbacks that they tried to put opposite of, of Champ Bailey and just never finding that guy that you could sit there and say, all right, we got the outside completely shut down. Good luck to anybody trying to throw against us. Like, man, if they could have just found that second cornerback, they could have done some special, special things with some of those defenses. And I mean, the, the 2005 unit was great. 2006 unit was great with Champ Bailey, but just some of those other years, wish they could have found somebody. So Patrick Sutan, again, I, part of me is not, I wouldn't be disappointed if they went cornerback in next year's draft in the first round. Like if you find a guy that you think can be a, a great number two, and shut down that other side. I know you, you got your, your Iowa boy. You got to see what he is for sure in Riley Moss. And <laughs> and and Demari Mathis, I, yeah, he was up and down last year. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my gosh, this guy is going to destroy the entire season. You know, he, he has his great games. He takes a lot of chances. So I'm not completely discounting what he can still do this year. But, again, if you can find that true shutdown corner on the other side, just allows you to do so many things on defense. 
unbelievable player. And uh, the fact that it, there's at some point where it's like, you know, he's a 99 in Madden. Well, he can't go higher, right? Like it's what's the stock is already up all the way, but an unbelievable game. I mean, just unbelievable uh, pass, uh, unbelievable defensive back and one of the most valuable young players in football. So just appreciate him. Thought he deserved a stock up. Um, I'll go with my next stock down now. Uh, for me, like we kind of talked about it. We don't have to spend too much time on it. Now we're already at 48 minutes and it's seven o'clock in mountain time, but McGlinchey stock down. It's a tough assignment, but you'd hope he play a little bit better than that. Uh, got one series. He just got completely embarrassed. It's going to happen sometimes for him, but for what you're paying him, I think the stock is just automatically elevated and he did not play up to his dollar value. In my opinion, in this one kind of get that with free agent buys. Uh, but for me, he's a uh, stock down on this one. Hopefully you'll see better next week. Not a easier, I mean, yes, an easier assignment, but not an easy assignment next week versus the commanders with uh, Chase Young, who looks better, Montez Sweat, and a lot of the twists and stunts they like to do with uh, Payne and, uh, oh gosh, um, the other defensive back, defensive tackle they have, Jonathan Allen uh, as well. So that's a loaded commander's front. I mean, every single one of those guys that I listed was a first round pick. So uh, pretty incredible. Yeah. Hasn't helped him. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'll go with. Another one of those free agency signings, Chris Manhurts. Okay. I, I don't know what it is about these great blocking tight ends that look good elsewhere, and then they come to Denver, and they turn into average or below-average blockers all of a sudden. A pumpkin. It's Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> the blocking tight ends. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and just to, like I said, I, I kind of put it a little bit on. He missed most of the offseason with injury. He looked lost out there a, a few times where like Russell Wilson's have to like tell him this is where you need to be. And it, it kind of disrupted a little bit of the offensive flow just because he was not always where he's supposed to be. Missed a couple blocks that could have really sprung something for, for a big play. Um, obviously offered very little in the passing game other than being a blocker. So I, I just, I was very disappointed for his very first game. And I, part of me is sitting there saying, I wish they would have, um, went with their undrafted tight end and, Nate Atkins. and Atkins. Yeah. Nate Atkins, because he'd been there now. this entire off season and I know hindsight's 2020 here, but you know, like I said, he'd had a really good off season. He was very consistent. And I think he would have maybe made a, a couple of those blocks that man hurts missed. And like you're talking about explosive plays, one block can be the difference between a touchdown and a negative play. Yep. Happened a few times in this one, but, uh, We'll see. We'll see how good the coaches are. And a phrase that it's more probably more true in college football, but Kirk Ferentz likes to say that your biggest improvement you see from a team all season is between weeks one and week two. And we'll see how well and coach this team is. They got actual tape to build on now, and they got a week of preparation here where things start to be normal. The regiment, right? They're in a yep. routine now. So we'll find out about this team going forward. Week one can be pretty wild and random. I mean, God bless. I mean, we saw what Joe Burrow and Josh Allen looked like this week. It was weird. Things can happen. Uh, week one, but we're we're going to get into the routine and we're going to find out what this team is. Troy Bauer comes in and this is my favorite game, the hindsight draft, uh, because Broncos could have had George Kill instead of Jake Butt, but I digress. That's my, that's one <laughs> that drives me nuts. But uh, he says, imagine Tariq Woolen across from Patrick Sertan could have happened. Yeah, the Broncos end up taking uh, Montreal, Washington, I think a pick before. Uh, Might have been DeLarian Turner, y'all. I can't remember which one of those guys it was in that fifth round, but would have been nice, uh, no doubt, but we can do the, that game a lot. And man, if only we could go back in time and say, Hey, you should take this guy. Uh, but it's unfortunate. We did like Terry Golan too. So it's not like it's complete randomness out here, but uh, Broncos didn't pick him. So it is what it is. Uh, stock up for me again on this one. Uh, before we get on out of here, uh, again, I'm just playing the hits on this one. I can't decide. I'm between two players here, Carl. This is the final one. So no more stocks down. Ah, gosh, I'll go with Alex Singleton. Uh, he had an awesome game. Uh, the pass rush, the pass coverage, getting his hands on that football to deflect it up for the uh, pass coverage, playing with not to be over, you know, too many cliches, but hair on fire. I mean, he just brought an energy. I think he was the main cog for the reason that the the run defense was so good against Jacobs. Singleton's a dude. They got him on a pretty good contract as well. He might end up being the best bargain signing they had all season. So Singleton for me, stock up, uh, having a great season in 2022. Sometimes you see guys on contract years, play great and then regress. I thought he played just as well as if not better uh, than at any point last season. So Singleton, hell of a game, super impressed by him. 
Uh, I thought the linebackers overall did well, but uh, Singleton especially. Stock up for me. Great game. Fun player. Yeah. I, I thought about going with his bash brother, Josie Jewell. Okay. You know, I mean, both of them. Like I said, the, I know a lot of people will get after the Broncos for not having like this elite athlete in the middle of the field. But I, I think I've figured out more and more having somebody that just knows what they're supposed to be doing. They're at the right spot at the right time. They don't always have to be the best athlete. Like the best athletes, some of them are always a step behind because they just don't always understand what's going on in front of them. And Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton, both those guys, they seem like they're two of the most prepared players week in, week out. You know, where you're seeing like Josie Jewell pointing at like, hey, run play is coming right here. Everybody, right? This spot, this gap, go get it. And like most of the time he's right. There's a couple of times he's going to be wrong and it's going to lead to a big run play. But for the most part, like I said, I think he did well coverage wise, did fine. I didn't see anything issues wise with him in coverage. I don't think he was even targeted the entire game. So a lot of times teams like to pick on their linebackers. I thought they did well handling all of that. You know, Josh Jacobs, that was probably his worst game that he's ever had against the Broncos. Um, You know, only 48 yards on 19 carries. That is doing your job in the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. That's like I said, that's the best I've seen them handle that. And Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton, two of the best that did that made that possible. Yeah, it was a great job by the linebackers. That's one of the things that's almost frustrating about the draft, and you should always think long-term for the draft, but like the guy that I'd probably be most excited about, Drew Sanders, are you taking one of your better your better position groups off the field to fit him in there? I mean, again, the draft's not about the immediacy. It's a long-term thing there, so I don't mind that. Uh, but just uh, I guess that's a, uh, a positive still because you're talented enough that you don't have to rise, uh, force him out there. So... Yeah, a final bit here that we wanted to get into. We do have some Greg Dulcich injury timeline updates. Uh, Adam Schefter came out today and saying Dulcich is going to be out multiple weeks uh, with a hamstring injury. Unfortunately, it is the same exact hamstring that he suffered injuries last season. It caused him to miss, I think, the f- some of preseason and the first four games last year, five games last year, and then uh, missed the last two games of the year last season. Same exact hamstring, injured again. I know that there was talk that he worked offseason to improve uh, his hamstring flexibility strength so that way he wouldn't get injured again but alas uh here we are again with an injury maybe Tulsa should have been stocked down for injuring the hamstring again which sucks I hate to do that but I mean can't depend on it if you're not on the field so Dulcich is going to be out we have not heard yet if he's going to be on short-term IR uh but I would not be surprised at all if uh, that is the case just to make some more room on the roster uh for them but they only have so many guys they can activate so it starts to become a numbers game uh for them on that as well Yep. So that, that'll be a big loss Like we've talked about. He's one of the more explosive weapons on offense, does some great work yards after catch. Uh, so they're going to have to figure out how to make up for some of that because there's not really another tight end on this roster that can, can do some of the things that he does. And I know this is where another one of those hindsights of getting rid of Albert Okawebanom, you know, what could he have been if he stayed here on this roster? Um, you know, again, you, you can't always, play scared where you're always playing for injuries. They're, they're going to happen and you're going to have to make up for it. But uh, I think you can still make up for it with some of the different receivers on this team. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And I know we got a big super coming in um, from Michael Ronquillo as uh, Scott and I both click it there uh, says all the mile. High- yeah, I know. I just told Scott to click it. That's on me. Scott <laughs> says all the mile high huddle podcast and hopes are the best in the business uh, covering the NFL. Go Broncos and Buckham. We appreciate you so much, Michael. Uh, you're God. What a superstar for us and supporting the show. Uh, maybe the Broncos have not been consistent over the years, but God bless you have uh, in supporting the show. So we really do appreciate that. That's big time. Um, and uh, appreciate the kind words as well, uh, supported by uh, the financial contributions. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, that's, that is so uh, generous. So we really, really, really do appreciate that. Uh, Appreciate all you guys coming in today. A lot of super chats. Troy coming in. Michael came in a few times. Uh, you guys killed it in the chat as well. Don't love it that, you know, sometimes it feels a little doom and gloom in here with the Broncos losing, but it's hard because people get upset when you're too harsh or too nice, right? It's like we can only analyze what we've seen so far. It's not the end of the world. You're 0-1, but it is a position you didn't want to be in. I guess you can't please everybody, but we're going to be authentic to ourselves uh, in our analysis. So any final thoughts, Carl? Uh, before we get on out of here. Yeah, I would say, you know, I remember 
the Patriots were one of those teams that was notorious for starting slow. And everybody be like, oh, yep, this is the end of Tom Brady. Like, he's lost it. And then they all of a sudden win like 10 games in a row. And then everybody's mad that the Patriots are still great. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with the Denver Broncos. But like I said, there's a lot of changes that happen from week one to week two. A lot of very fluky wins seem to happen week one that just kind of come out of nowhere. It's a, it's a real guessing game. You know, I, I picked mostly home teams. I do a little bracket thing with some people. And... Uh, that didn't work out very well for me. Uh, there was a lot of road teams that won, and, and you had a lot of blowout wins, a lot of close games. So, like I said, it just – I think week four or five, we're really going to be able to start telling where this team's at and who they are. And, you know, give Sean Payton time. He's got to get his players in place, get these guys up to speed on this offense and what they're going to try to do, and get Jerry Judy back healthy, a couple other guys. I still think this team stands a decent chance of being there in December fighting for a playoff spot. That's pretty much all you could realistically hope for. So thanks so much. Uh, appreciate everybody coming in here. See Nolan Richardson over on Twitch as well. You're not alone, Nolan. We appreciate you. Uh, hopefully the uh, Broncos do a little bit better um, going forward for you. And I appreciate everybody coming in today. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Always fun talking with you guys on Tuesday night. Make sure you're following all of us. And uh, Michael says these stars are for Scott too. Well, thank you so much coming back in, Michael. God bless. But actually they're for me and Carl. No, I'm just kidding. Scott's work. Scott's <laughs> going to get them as well. Uh, yep. Appreciate everybody. Make sure you're following Carl and I on Twitter. Uh, Carl's at Carl Dummer MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at uh, BTB Football Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to Mile High Huddle over on YouTube, like the show, and share it on all your social media platforms. Uh, we'll see you guys again soon. Uh, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready our foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com